Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Irrational Fan Podcast. As always, the hosts have not changed. We are consistent. We are we are here like sweet Lady Liberty has been perpetual since the French have dropped her on our doorstep. We said we accept. But my uh-huh. name is Jensen, and this is the co-host Jesse. Uh, and we're excited you're here. Good Jesse, evening. On a on a beautiful Wednesday night. How mm. are you doing? Are you feeling good, good over there? Yeah. You know, fresh off of a nice little Memorial Day. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Herbie had a entire, barbecue over, over the at the entire McGowan household. family of the McGowans decided to make an impromptu trip to Chicago. Um, and Allie and I had literally just done it last week with like a six-week-old baby. We drove up there. But then, like all of a sudden, two weeks later, it was like, "Oh, we're all going again." And we're like, "Oh, cool, guys." Uh, <laughs> I don't think we're gonna do the eight-hour drive again with the six-week-old, but uh, y'all have fun. But it's fine. No, we're not. No hard feelings. No hurt feelings. Uh, we, you know, did a little barbecue down here. I, I uh, fired up the old big green egg and whipped up uh, some slow the new, cooked the new big green egg. New to me, you know. It's yeah. had, it's got a story. I, you know, this. This big green egg has lived a life before me, and now I'm just its current caretaker. Um, Jesse, if I were to if I were to um, ask you to rate yourself on a scale of a, of a big green egg expert, where you feel like you know what I got this, I'm gonna go ahead and enter into some big green egg festivals and wow. roast my meat and see oh, what so happens. You're, you're you're familiar or, with the green egg festivals. That's good. Or or on the one side where you're like, I barely know how to turn it on. And when I get in there, who knows how this thing's gonna come out. Um I'm gonna rate myself a solid five and a half. And here's why. Okay. I feel more likely than not what I cook on there is going to turn out. Okay. But what so far I have chosen to cook on there are what are considered the easier barbecue cooks that you can do. So I'm talking pork butts. That's like your smoker 101, man. That's like sitting in there letting it do it. Pros like to say, Man, you gotta you gotta try hard to screw that thing up. It's one of those types of meats. So hard to screw up the pork butt. I've done it twice. Both have turned out great. So I haven't screwed up the pork butt. I've done ribs a few times. I've done a couple mm. spare ribs. I've done baby back ribs. And those have both been pretty successful also. Yep. Do those spare ribs, uh, they kind of pack an extra punch, you know, the extra ribs? No, there's just always a little extra for later. There's just always <laughs> something the left over. Ribs. There's just something always left over. Adam's rib. Um, and then the baby back. Personally, I think I, I'm partial to the spare rib. Some people sure. say the baby back's a little more tender. But I just I like the I feel like the consistency yeah. of the the spare rib is more my style. A little bit of a bigger uh, bone, but um, I have not. <laughs> a little hey, bit of a bigger uh, bone. It's a bigger bone. So you know what can you say? Amen. Uh, but then the there's another kind of class of of cooks that you can delve into. And that's when you start talking I mean, about yeah. your beef ribs, your sure. briskets. Um, you know, some of your, uh, you know, like your pork shoulder hands, no pork shoulder. That is the pork butt, the pork shoulder. It's fine. But are like Uh, your pork belly. That's a different one. I haven't tried yet. Sure. Sure. And so I have not gone down that road yet. And somewhat out of uh, an intimidation factor, those are more expensive cuts of mint. You, you keep mentioning things that are, that do exist, but I have not tried them. I'm just keep going, keep throwing at you. Keep it it coming. So I do, so here's what I say is the things that I have chosen to cook I feel good about them working out but I have not I've not gone up to that intermediate to you know higher level cuts of meat yet so that's where that's Just, where my there's something at. there's something to say about people who are underdeveloped but over promoted and I think you are showing the perfect picture of you know going I'm developing myself at a slow rate I'm not going to get ahead of myself I will promote my game. That brisket's expensive, man. You know, you yeah. Can't, so you can't don't want to mess that up. That. Totally. So I love. I love. I can't wait to to dive into the green egg with you. I'm excited Look, for my first here's, experience. Here's the hard thing with the or the intimidating thing about the barbecues. Oftentimes, you're cooking amount an amount of food that it is almost just like implied that you have to share it with some people. Like, 
Especially if you're talking like pork bucks. You're, yeah, who, you're, you're, who would want to share their food with their community? <laughs> no, I mean like, but no, hold on, hold on. Hold on here. Let me finish the sentence. So you're talking, you're cooking like eight to 12 pounds of yeah. meat at a time. It's a lot. It's a lot of food. Like you know, you could do a single rack of ribs if you, you and the wife just want to have one kind of thing. But what I mean is that you're now inviting somebody over to try this dish that you're making. Right. And you are you have committed anywhere between like six to eight hours for the pork stuff. And we start talking briskets. We're talking 12 hour plus. And there's no guarantee that this food is going to turn out. No. And so <laughs> it's a vulnerable you, thing. It's a very vulnerable <laughs> invitation. Yeah. You know? And so totally. I... I really, you know, I did a, I did some kind of, you know, some selfish smokes to start the first one, you know, kept, you know, I, sh- I made the first pork butt for mom and dad. What's mom going to say that my pork's too like tough or something? No, she mom and dad had the first pork butt. We made ribs for him the next time. Allie and I had some ribs. So look, you know, there's, you know, you're trying to, you're putting yourself out there. So, you know, I, we did the Memorial Day barbecue. We invited people from church over that we, you know, barely even look knew. At you. And I was just like, here we go, man. The eight-hour yeah. pork cook. And look, man, it was a smash hit. So it was very satisfying. It's a very satisfying thing it. to share with people when it works out. It's, yeah. um, so it's always so, fun. It, it's funny you say that because I have a friend who will remain nameless who I would say – Shout early, out Braylon. It, you know, Braylon is actually a fantastic smoker, uh, uh, slow cooker. Bra- we- Braylon's, Braylon will make you some pork butt. Very good. When I come out for chambers. Uh, uh, we'll we'll swing up, swing by Braylon's for some barbecue. Yeah, perfect. Well, he's about four hours east at that point. Right, so but we we'll do get band there. in. Okay, that's fine. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, still, still far away. So my, I have another friend who remain nameless who um doesn't listen to the pod. So we're good. And I, he got a little um early on in his days, a little eager to share. I would mm. say I wasn't, mm. I didn't, I don't know how many, as you put it, there were of uh, the selfish smokes, which I think is a great way to put it. Like I, and it's not even, it's selfish in the sense you're not sharing, but you really are making sure that the product you're delivering has been vetted, tested, and it's ready to go. And this friend of mine who is, he's a sharer at heart. He's a great guy, but there are some meat products that I have that I have gone alongside and, and ventured with him that were a little tough. They what was, were what was the <laughs> sketchiest cook that he, he 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 tried to pass off on you? Do you remember? There were, there were some ribs, dude. Oh <laughs> there were some ribs, dude, that you kind of like take a bite and look like a bit jazz and she's like do we, do we get into this? <laughs> oh, no. Dude, I hope he doesn't listen to this pod. It's fantastic. <laughs> He's grown so much. It was it was delicious. But um, there was a day. Yeah, years back. Years back. I've recently, you know, dove in. He's, he, he's got some new equipment. It's fantastic. But <laughs> he's, he's, t- he's seen some people, you know. <laughs> no, I'm a little nervous, man. I haven't really had. Oh, that's the truth. I've had one, like, just total fail of a cook. I tried to do. I, my brother-in-law Long story short, through like somebody from his work for some reason was like s- selling an entire cow, like they had butchered like an entire cow, and so he bought like half a cow, and so you get all these random cuts when you buy yeah, an sure. entire half a cow, and so he had some beef back ribs, uh, and I had heard that those are really good because they're kind of like brisket adjacent in terms of like mm. on the cow, okay. and so he gave me those, and I don't know if it was just a weird part of the beef rib, but like. I was watching videos and like kind of trim it and all that kind of stuff. And I'm trimming it down. Yeah. And then by the time I'm getting ready to put it on the ground, I really like, kind of like, don't know really what you're doing. I was know? like, there's like, barely <laughs> anything left on this thing, but all right, we'll just throw it on there. And so I throw this on there to smoke and like, you know, three, four hours in the cook. I mean, like, cause the meat shrinks when you smoke it as well. Cause it kind of like yeah. starts like evaporating moisture. It's like and a hamburger just, patty. And there's just like these, just like, tufts of meat just hanging onto these beef rib bones it just like it just looks like a sad dog bone and so you know you keep it going because you know whatever you do the sure. cook time you get it going sure. i basically just made like uh, like beef jerky on a on a stick it was kind of all it was it didn't really it wasn't great so but these are the experiences that help us this define is how to this be better it. so i've had well, the bad cook and you know what i didn't invite anybody over that day because there wasn't very much food to share on anyway so it ended up you, working there's out. a great new feature with iMessage where you can unsend a text <laughs> i invited a few people <laughs> they show up back. like what are you talking about i <laughs> we didn't do a plan tonight they like, go back to their messages like i swear you said come over at seven <laughs> 
that's but it's so fun. Good. Actually, what I do like is one of the things I love about the barbecue is like you feel like it, it's like this easy share thing to share with people. Like, hey, come over for a barbecue. Like, I'm smoking some ribs or yep. something like that. Yep, and it's totally. just like it, it's a fun thing. And it's and it's a proper barbecue. I have a friend from I work with in Kansas City, and when she gets really mad when people out here who are like, hey, come over for a barbecue. We're doing burgers, and she's like, see, that's a grill out. Mm. That's yep, not a barbecue. That's a, that's a grill out. But it's just people in the Northwest. There's you know, also, barbecuers are here and there. You know, they're, guys, they're few and far between. Don't try and cook ribs on a grill. Just don't do it. It's just it's it's just not going to go right. Uh, you could, you could do it from Costco. Getting from Costco, you can do it. You know. I mean, are they pre cooked? No, no, no. But they're just in the packet. I'm sure. Listen, we're eleven minutes in. We need to move <laughs> we on from this. We, this we, we both really paused. <laughs> wow, it's gone on much right. longer uh, than I thought. Now, my memorial. I get the next eleven minutes. My Memorial Day weekend. Oh, played sixty three holes of golf. It was drink. fantastic. Yeah, good for you. I'm proud of you for that. You and Dad. Yeah. It was good. It was good to go. The old, old man. Yeah, he uh, was Papa able to Bear. hold his own. Fully embrace the game. You love to see it. The night before we leave, he's like, all right, Jen, should we start the or end the trip how we started it? And I was like, in my head, I'm going, I am I am cooked. I, I am exhausted. And this man who's 66 wants 66 wants to go out for another one. I was like, I can't say no. And I got up in the morning, I come down, he goes, Oh, you look tired. I was like, Yeah. He goes, you don't do this for my sake. And I was like, no, no, it's good. But in my head going, I'm, I'm definitely doing this for your sake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wish I was in bed. Oh. oh, God bless it. You know, but on that night, Memorial Day night, there was a game seven. Oh, what a Boston, segue. What where a the segue. Miami a heat. Thank you. Thank you. Where the Miami heat took down the Boston Celtics handedly, like just a foot on the gas, just hand on the neck, took it, held it, didn't let him come back. Um, and the Heat are going to the NBA Finals to face the Denver Nuggets. Before we get to a Finals preview, Jess, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts coming out of the Heat Celtics? Either direction. We can start with the Heat and how you feel they're going to fare, you know, making it to the Finals, or we can start with the Celtics and, you know, us really not knowing what kind of team that they were the whole time. <laughs> I I could start with um, how our, our friend uh, Ryan Rosillo ended his uh, his intro to his pod today. He goes, um, you know, I don't know if I can ever doubt this uh, Heat team again. And uh, with all that said, uh, Nuggets and six. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And that, totally. was, that was effectively a summary. Um, we'll get to. The, I think we'll get to the Heat later. When we start talking about the actual finals. Um, dude, the Celtics, it's so weird, man, because it's like they've obviously proven that they have the like the right mix of talent to get to where they want to get to because they were in the finals last year. They were in the you know conference finals this year. They've been in the playoffs like the amount of playoff games that guys like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have played this earlier in their career is crazy, like unprecedented level of just like playoff experience. Um, but there's just something off with the team. And it's like, there is this element of like the personality mix isn't right. Um, but I don't know if the answer for them is like the, 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 the big talking point this offseason is going to be is two things with them. It's Missoula, the coach for Missoula, does he stay, does he go? And Jalen Brown, do they trade him for some other pieces? Um, and I do think as much as I don't blame coaches necessarily when teams underperform entirely, I do believe there is something to be said for the right coach being able to set that tone. Um, Like if your best player isn't going to be your tone setter, sometimes your coach can be, but I don't know. Even as I say that, like when was the last time like you, there was a, maybe that's just not the era of coach that we're in. Like when was the last time that the coach was like the tone setter for your team? I I mean, Uh, like in terms of, Well, I mean, yeah, but at the same time, like Jimmy's still like he still sets the tone on the court and bam and those guys like they still have leaders on their team. Now, 
Spolstra still knows how to pull all the right strings. So how, how do you define that though? Like, what do you define the coach being the tone the coach being the is team? the personality of the team? See, I don't know that that has really been a thing in the NBA since maybe a Phil Jackson. Because even you think of Steve Kerr, right? It's more along the sides that's a Curry team. You can go back to you know the the Boston Celtics with Doc Rivers, like who's a big face. It's much more of a college program thing where your coach is the face. In the NBA, we've kind of moved away from coach being the tone setter, and it's a player set, you know, team. Now, still incredible coaches in the NBA, and maybe that's the beauty of it. Maybe when you're a good coach, you're so good that it just becomes about your players, and when you're a bad coach, it becomes about you. Um, would you say I would say that's fair? I mean, whether it's their fault or not, when a team is bad, and we've heard people talk about this, when a team is bad, the coaches are usually blamed, and when they're good, the players are usually celebrated. And I don't sure. know if that's always the case. I yeah, it's just I do think they need a new voice in the room, and I do think <laughs> he just got there. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, don't say new. I think they need a different voice in the room potentially. Sure. It's just. I think when you have that personality of best players that are just, they're both pretty quiet. They're both kind of just go about their business type guys. The combination of him being that inexperienced, basically being, I think he's younger than Al Horford. Um, just like being years, yeah. more so one of their peers. Um, it's just, I just don't think that's a great fit for him. I'm not even saying it's necessarily Mazzullo's fault. I think there, there's been plenty of, Things been said, you know, it's not even like Missoula never had a chance and it was a bad situation for him. And that could all be true, but it can also be true that when you have a team that's ready to win right now, that maybe they just need a different voice there. New voice is the wrong term. They need, I think they need a different voice there. I don't think the answer is Doc Rivers. I don't know who the answer is. Um, Nick Nurse just got hired. Um, but I don't so, know. It's just a different so, generation. But at the same yeah. time, I don't really want to pay Jalen Brown the contract he's going to want either. <laughs> so, st so staying on Missoula, um, with young players who potentially show promise, which you, I would put Missoula in that category of a young coach who shows promise, right? He didn't just get the interview because there was no coaches left on the bench. Now, granted, there were a lot of assistant coaches that left. There, one went to the Utah. Um, obviously oh, Udoka was let go, but he then ended up in Houston. It was a, um, it was, was a relatively decimated Georgetown for Celtics. Cause between Udoka Hardy and, uh, that other like assistant that left, that was like in this, in the but span of like 12 months, totally. their top three assistants were gone. So it's just like, but you'd only, only carry four assistants, right? So Joe sure. showed something and Brad being the coach and now being the GM, he understands what he's looking for. So I think there is something to be said about him being 36, not being able to maybe control a locker room, but also never really doing this before. We give the benefit of the doubt of players developing. Like, look at us believing in Mitch Trubisky, or look at us believing in like a Zach Levine or an Some Io misplaced Dushima, optimism right? sometimes. Yeah, like you totally. Not that they all pan out. I'm not saying that Joe's going to become this next head coach, but think back of Eric Spolstra, the Heat. He was criticized like, oh, like, massively with the LeBron, Wade, and Bosch teams because he came in, it was Riley's handpicked guy, and it wasn't working out. He felt like he couldn't handle those personalities, couldn't handle elite players, didn't know how to win, hadn't been there before. And winning cures a lot of things, and you could say that's why Eric's still there, or he was a part of the Heat who just, you know, they believe in their guys. So I, I'm hard-pressed to... Look at Missoula and think the reason the Celtics aren't in the finals or the reason the Celtics just maybe, even if they had lost, looked like they were a competent team. I'm defending him a little bit just based on it's his first year. Of course, mistakes are made. But also on the Jason Tatum side, the dude has been to four East finals. And that's part of the reason why we're like, you know, you have the guys. Does it work? Does it not? Jason Tatum is very young player. Jalen Brown, a very young player. They just have been in an Eastern Conference that's been weak. And so they've just been there a lot. So it feels like he's a 30, you know, 31 year old vet. 
I don't know. I I think if we if we see the Celtics returning in 2023, like in September, the same coach, re-sign Jalen Brown, re-sign Jason Tatum. I think that actually would be the smarter move than being like, look what happened. They got to a game seven in the East Finals. It was messy, but I mean, that's not it's not something you just like, wow, massive underachievement, you know? Does Jalen Brown practice dribbling? That's I'm sure. right. <laughs> he I'm sure he tries his best. I, you know, there's like little kids you see playing basketball and they're just like, it's like way in front of them and the dribbles are really big and it's just back and forth and they scrum on the ball. It's kind of what you think of when you just show this puppy that's dribbling. I don't even know how to describe him. The problem the, is, we're unsure. is like when he loses the ball, it's like the way I lose the ball in pickup. It's like he does the crossover and all of a sudden the ball is just too high and behind him and he just like... All of a sudden, he's just waving at air because the ball's not there. Like, he's, just a li- he's just a little, a little over his skis. If he was just able to stay within himself a little bit more, um, he Jesse, he was second team this year. I know second team NBA. That's not nothing. That's hard to do. That's you were you were consensus based on well, you were a majority vote, not consensus. You were majority vote the a top ten player. In that league season, that's an incredible for the record. I hate my all NBA teams that I picked this year. I don't remember we them ne- anymore off the top of my head. We never but really went over them, did we? We never went back. But I just, I just got to say on the record, I did a terrible job with my all NBA. I just, <laughs> I, I, I apologize to the listeners. Ne- I went into it Jimmy. with like. Maybe I wouldn't do it with like my, no, like I wouldn't do it with these principles that like I was really gonna value guys who played, and I was really gonna value like yeah. guys who actually really like showed up for this season. And I pretty much like put like an entire like roster of just like legacy guys together. I'm just I just want to formally apologize to the listeners. Hey. I recognize my mistakes. Hey Joe, it's okay, man. Year one, you know, <laughs> you put together these teams. Oh man, I'm so glad you're my GM. It's putting together these teams. We're going to figure it out. We're going to get back in this because even a coach can get better. It's not just players on the floor. The man can learn how to call timeouts. The man can learn the right strategies. The man can learn to make a ballsy move. Maybe he gets scared sometimes. And maybe he's a bad coach. I don't know, but that's hard to tell after one year when you got your team to the East Finals. It is hard to argue with. See, here's, here's, this is probably where it's unfair again. I lean towards bringing back most of the roster and bringing in a new coach because I don't think Missoula showed enough tactical prowess to say, hey, you know, the game management stuff will come. Be- we are betting on his basketball mind here winning out. And the tactical stuff you learn with experience, I think he showed a combination of not having a grasp of like the moments of the game and being slow to adjust. And to me, it's like, hey, man, maybe you're going to be a fine head coach. Maybe you'll be a Billy Donovan. The players like you, you run solid schemes, but you're not really elevating anybody. You're not really, you're not. You're not moving the needle. You're not pushing guys over the top. That's how I feel about Billy, Billy Donovan as a Bulls player. I, I don't think he hurts your team, but I don't think he's, I don't think he wins you a lot of games either. And sure. I think for someone like the combination of Missoula being that being his upside with the inexperience, I just think you've got to bring somebody else in. And but and to your point, last year, what did Uduka Uduka Udoka? What did Udoka do? Uduku. Ime Udoka. What did you, what did Udoka do last year that seemed to you know not work in the beginning of the season, but then really came alive as he got in his players' face? Well, he, he, he was them down. he was somewhat of the argument of the, being the personality of the team. He saw that his players weren't going to be the fire, so he said, "I'll be, I will be the highest energy guy on the team," which I would argue is not necessarily because the players need it, but that's just who Yudoka is. So Jason and, and Jalen didn't have to be that player because they're like, oh, our coach has got it. Right? Now they're a year in the... I, I, would, I would say if Joe comes back next year, Jason and Jalen recognize the role that they need to play. At least, at the very least, Jason does. And I think they're... 
I mean, they're the three seed. Like, I, they're the two seed. I think they're the same they type of team. They didn't show any of that when they had um, – who's the GM? Stevens. Brad. They didn't show that when they had Brad Stevens. And I think that young. was part of the that problem. Was like four, is, it was like five years ago. I, yeah, I know. That, that, is, that is something you do have to remember. But, and again, because they've been in the playoffs in deep runs for the last however many years – but I think part of the reason Brad Stevens was wanting to move out of the coaching role is because he's like, I can't get through to these guys and they don't lead this themselves. And so they brought in the hard, the hard-ass Yudoka and then he does whatever he does. And now they go back to almost more like a Brad Stevens type personality and those guys still aren't stepping up to fill that gap. No, I hear you. It's It's so hard to feel like you can land somewhere because if... You know, if the Bucks don't make it to the finals two years ago or win the finals, Bud gets fired three years ago. You know, like there are rumors of him losing his job back then, but because success happened, winning cures a lot of things. Winning gives you job security. And so if the Celtics lost to the Sixers in the second round, I think Joe's fired. If they don't make these final, sure. Joe's out, right? Sure. Now it's more of a conversation. If they lost 4 0, Joe's out. But they won three games. They showed some fight, got back into it. You could say that's just the players if you want Joe, you know, out of the building. You could say Joe played a part if you feel like you want to keep him. So you can play both sides of the argument. But the further you get in these playoffs, the harder the decision comes. And I wonder if Brad Stevens is sitting up there looking back now, going, I wish this we just lost to the Sixers. Like I wish my decision <laughs> just, just made became it easier, easier. Right. Yeah, because now I don't have to go through these like, you know head coaching but that's part of that being a headache. good gm is you don't let the one game change your mind like that like if you're if you if you felt like at the end of that sixer series missoula wasn't the guy and or if you're like your team goes down 3-0 and you feel like the coach has a part to play in it that's the data you use not the not the but if the but if i'm a coach Maybe becoming a candidate. Granted, the Celtics are a historic franchise and they have young players who potentially could do a lot. But like, if I'm coming, if I'm Monty Williams, if I mean, bring Doc back, I bring Bud, right? Come into this team and it's like, so the guy that got to these finals, you cut him? So am I going to lose my job in two years or, or next year if, if I don't? See, that's the kind of thing that I think actually matters. I do think if you're talking about like... If you've got a history of mistreating coaches or in the margins, but the reality is, this is something that they say about like GMs taking jobs with crappy franchises. As well as like, man, there's only thirty of these jobs. Mm-hmm. And if you want to coach in the NBA, guess what? There's probably two hundred people that want to do it. And if someone's offering you one of those jobs, there's only thirty of them, right? And so, you, like, I I think they're gonna take the they're gonna come coach your team if you offer them the job in the for the most part. So. Of course. And in the, the Celtics, I don't think they have that history, but it's also the Celtics and you have Jason freaking Tatum. Like anyone will accept that job. I guess it just, if Joe is this much of a mistake, what I keep thinking about is like, what did they see in him early on? Like what was in the interview process? Like, was he, was he hey, just a really good interview? He, maybe he's a good interview. You don't know. And he probably, dude, he probably knows a lot about basketball, but yeah. There's something, you know, for whatever reason. I don't know, dude. I don't know if when you are, when His you've got a head up, <laughs> when you've got to run the ship, man. Like, I, dude, I think about. Oh gosh, uh, hold on one second. I got to do a quick Google search. Um, oh, never mind. I, just found, I remember his name, Jim Boylan. Gosh, did I dislike that guy as the Bulls coach? By all accounts, that guy is a brilliant basketball mind. He knows his stuff. He is convicted about his things, but the dude could not lead a team. And he just could not be your guy that leads a team. And I, he he also did not look the part. He looked like he should own like an Italian sub shop or something. He he did not look like a basketball coach. He looked like some combination of like the snowman from Frozen and a troll. I I, I don't know. Snowman from Frozen. Hey, you just had a kid. <laughs> we have not had to play any Disney movies yet, but yeah. Um so, but that, like, to my point is, like, Jim Bowen could sit down and, like, lay down this incredible plan about how he's going to make your team successful because the dude knows so much about basketball and pours his life into it. 
But when you actually have to sit down in front of a, like a room full of players and be in a game and manage all the dynamics and know which strings to pull and be like that, there's just not a ton of guys that can do that. I'm laughing at you, but you said pour your life into it. And then I'm just reminded Joe's 34. <laughs> like, like he's been in the game for, he played college basketball, played in the league, I think for like four years. And he's just been like on maybe, I don't even know how long he's been coaching. I yeah, Not exactly a bench lifer, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so ultimately, I, if we were to cast our votes that meant anything, I would say let the man gain some more experience. So you're keeping Missoula. I'm moving on from Missoula. I Who think- you bring it in? Pat, Pat Riley. Higher. No. <laughs> what if Brad just comes down? He's like, you know what? I got it back. Got it he back. Could, he could, that would be the Pat Riley move is fire the coach and take over the team. That, that Pat would be the, that would be um, the Jeff Van Gundy. No, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying I know the guy you bring in. I, I don't think I'm not a doc guy. Um, I don't know if D'Antoni is the right guy for that team. Uh, so, but that's not really my job. My job is just to criticize from the outside without providing solutions. Uh, I think that's probably enough time on the defeated Celtics. Um, well, really quick, really quick before before we pass off. Jalen Brown is up for a massive extension. And we talked about it a little bit. Can't dribble, but was voted <laughs> top 10 NBA this player this year, which increased his contract value. By I think maybe thirty million dollars. What do you do about Jalen Brown? I think like does your like dynasty brain, like your fantasy basketball dynasty brain, go? I want to try to flip him for like, but I mean you're in a contending team. You have you have Tatum, so are you flipping him for like a an older guy? Like are you going, hey Lakers, give me AD like? What and some and something else are you because uh, they'd have to pay him? That's the thing is that whoever's getting this player, do you go to uh the Nets and say, hey, Give me Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson, or like what do you do with, with Jalen? This is the thing that sucks about being an NBA GM is that from your experience, from your experience, from my from from speaking from experience, uh. <laughs> Or this is the part that I would imagine, sorry, would suck as NBA GM. Is as soon as you get the guy that's like he if he makes an all-star team, it's just like, oh, well, gotta pay him a max contract now. And it's just like, what happened to just being able to like, hey, I will pay you a lot, but I'm not going to pay you the most possible amount of money that you can get. And look, I am not against players getting paid large sums of money. I do not care. The league makes a ton of money. They can pay their players a lot of money. That's fine. It's, but from a team building perspective, and especially with the new CBA, which is a whole thing, maybe we can talk through once like free agency is getting closer after the finals, that's going to be like, it's going to start making it really hard to build a team. Once you have two expensive guys on your roster, basically, I just, I look at Jalen Brown and go like, do I like him as a second option on a on a team? It's like, yeah, is he probably the best second option out there? I don't know if he's like the best. Like, mm. you'd probably look at like well, that's duos. Yeah, it's like I you know I look at the duos and go like, yeah, AD and LeBron probably like him better than you know Jason and Jalen or who else are you, like your two that you like better KD than those and guys. Booker. Katie and Booker, you can look at. I mean, do you go Jokic and Murray just because of how much better Jokic? I mean, like, you probably would you rather Luka, Christian you're, Wood? If you're, you know, you've got Darius Garland and let's get past the Dells. Darius Garland, Devin Mitchell. Like, if you're the Nuggets, would you say, hey, we'd rather have Jalen Brown or J- Jamal Murray? I think that's like almost a team fit thing where Murray is probably more what the Nuggets need than Jalen. So, like, there's some arguments there. He's a very good second player. And it just sucks as like these NBA teams where you got to go like, well, I guess we just have to offer him the full possible amount. Like totally. If you, if you, if it was something where you could be like, Hey, look, like Tatum's our clear star. He's going to be making, you know, his 50 odd million dollars, whatever on his mega extension. And we want Jalen $35 million a year for five years, kind of a thing. 
you know, he's going to make 175 million over five. It's like that. That's that's good. You can build a team around that. But it's like right. either you have to offer him that full max, which is something like five years, 260 something million. It's like it's crazy amount of money. That basically means the rest of your team just has to be on, you know, minimum contracts and like salary cap exception. Like it's just it scrunches your team building so much to keep that second guy that I do wonder is if they could if they could trade him to a team that has either an older guy on an expensive extension that isn't this expensive or you get like a few other pieces. I don't know. It's tough, man. Like I, I don't mind Jalen Brown being your second best player. I think you, with those two guys, you can build a team around it. But once they're making a combined $110 million between the two of them, I don't know if you can build a team around them anymore. Right. And that's the thing that sucks so much about like just the way the market works for the NBA, where some team would pay him that. Um, but I don't know. I love Jalen Brown at 30 million a year. I don't know if I like Jalen Brown at 50 million a year, just in the context of having to build a team. No, for sure. I um, was looking, you're talking about his contract and I saw a tweet earlier and I, and I forget it, but it was essentially laying out the next five years and it started at 50 and then it went like to 54 and then it went to like 58 and then it went to 60 and year five, you're paying Jalen Brown like $66 million. Whew. Like it gets Which, to, again, like who cares like what you're paying him? But the way that the new collective bargaining agreement works is that as a percentage of your cap and what the new like tax structure implications are and your ability to build a complete basketball team, that gets really tough. Which is why the quarterback on the rookie contract is so important. And and this right. is an all you know, sports building is that I don't think you you know, it, it sucks because you draft Jalen Brown, hoping he becomes this. Like this is best case scenario for Jalen Brown. You know, like he he became a top ten NBA player this year. I'm top fifteen, depending on your field. Top fifteen, top twenty. Like regardless of sure. where where he top is, twenty is comfortable. He's incredible. I mean, second team All NBA means that the voters thought he was at least a you know top ten to twelve, depending on how you want to do positions. But yeah, I'd say yeah. top twenty is pretty pretty easy. And so when he becomes that player and then he's up for contract, it almost feels un, unfair on both sides to be like, yeah, why wouldn't you pay me based on the agreement that you two sides as the governing bodies and our, in our bargain agreement as the president of players, uh, what is that called? Help me out. Players association. There it is. Um, you came to an agreement on, so, so pay me my money. So it is feel weird because in the NBA, you can afford those kinds of things because there obviously aren't as many dudes to pay. So I, I, I don't know. I, I am, I am more of the mind that you keep Jalen because you got the product that you wanted, and you you fix his handle and you figure this thing out. And I just don't think you so doing a bunch of tennis ball drills with him or something. I just, <laughs> I just don't think you get trigger happy with. You know, he's, he's not Devin Booker, right? Like, but he's, he's Jalen Brown and I would put him in, you know, like top that 2015 to like 18 range perfectly. But if you have a top five guy and you have a top 15 guy, you know, at two wing positions that like, that is what the league is. It's just big, long wings. You should be able to figure that out. Yeah. At the end of the day, I agree with you. Like, I do think. I think you keep him, but I think that is even more to my point of like the Missoula side. It's like you don't have time to like learn the margins. Like as soon as those guys are making that money, everything has to be maximized towards winning a title. If you're, if you're the Celtics, cause for every, when that extension kicks in and if Jalen and if Tatum's has kicked in already or when it does like, your margin for finding, you know, surplus value players just gets tighter and tighter and tighter. And that's where that everything has to be pulling in a positive direction for your team when you've got two guys making that much money. And yep. I don't think you have time to let Missoula learn. 
frankly. And that's not, again, it's not Missoula's fault, but that's why I think you've got to make the change now because you might be having to, you know, Grant Williams isn't coming back. And was he always good? No, but he won you a couple games. And, yeah. you know, you don't know if you can keep Robert Williams and you're probably not bringing back Horford. So it's like, your team's already having to make cuts. So it's like now you've got to be keeping to improve from within or you have to be improving outside of just directly players. So. Well, ideally what happens, trans- we can transition to the finals off of this, but you have a guy like Jamal Murray who you know could have been a Jalen Brown, got hurt, but now in the playoffs he's averaging 30 a game and you were able to pay all these other guys, like I'm giving extension Michael Porter Jr. for whatever you believe about him, very impactful in the playoffs, trade for Aaron Gordon, sign a guy like Bruce Brown, bring a guy in, a veteran like Jeff Green. You have all this space because your second guy's playing like a one, but when you paid him, you didn't have to pay him like a one, you know? So it's yeah. that's the ideal scenario. Yeah, completely. That's the Nuggets are an example of like the dominoes falling in the right order, in the right time, you know, totally. where you hit on a couple of your margin signings like your Bruce Browns. Uh, you've got a rookie that's been able to contribute in your, you know, with Ryan or Braun or Brown. Yeah. He, it goes by Brown as well, apparently. It's oh. spelled Braun, but he said it's pronounced Brown. It's very confusing. Don't do that. Uh, Don't the Aaron do that. Gordon just, trade just, has been a good piece. Just say, like, say it phonetically. Just, I'm saying him, not you. I'm saying no. him. Don't change your name to Brown. Your name's Braun, okay? Respectfully, you are Braun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they they are the example of the puzzle pieces fitting together, um, particularly in that starting five and, and a couple off the bench pieces. I mean, they even made some small moves that didn't make sense. You know, you got a Thomas Bryant out there that they traded some second-round picks for. That's not even getting minutes for him. They signed DeAndre Jordan. That's not even playing for him. Um, so they even kind of got away with a few misses on the margins for them. And uh, right. Jackson, Reggie Jackson, the buyout market's not really getting minutes for him. Nothing. Um, he played like their four rotation, minutes last series. Their rotation's pretty tight. I meant to have the minutes pulled up here for minutes played, and I'm not seeing it. But uh, I'll try and pull it up later when you're talking. I have it. But, and against the Lakers, uh, Jamal Murray, 41 minutes a game. Nikola, 42. Porter, 36. Pope, that's the other guy we didn't talk about, 33. Aaron Gordon, 37. Yeah, Bruce Brown, 27. Jeff Green on to 16, and then Braun is six, and yeah. is two. And that's, so it's yeah, so for guys. the playoffs, you're pretty much looking at seven guys, Green, Brown, Caldwell Pope, Porter Jr., Gordon, Jokic, and Murray. That's kind of your yeah, team. Thanks and for confirming the list. Braun, Braun, Brown, Braun, the occasional yeah. minutes in there. I liked, him. After that, I liked him five minutes ago. I hate him now. <laughs> just because he decided to be yeah, phonetically he obscure. He was just a normal, you know, good way. We need we need those wide players in the NBA that are impactful. There's not a lot of them left. Well, especially with Hero just sitting over there in his bucket hats, you know, just not coming back. No, but Duncan was like, hey, man, I got you. I'm coming back. Did you hear that it was game three? Um, I heard that it was mid-round. I didn't see game three as the prediction. So that's a Tyler Hero back in game three. Hope I mean Yeah, it'll be interesting. Hopefully. They're gonna need I think in this series, I think the upside of his offense is gonna outweigh his defensive liabilities. Cause I don't know if Miami's gonna be able to stop them defensively anyways. I don't know what they're gonna do with their size. I mean, there are Big dudes, Jokic, Porter Jr., and Aaron Gordon, and then Bruce Brown, who called him a mini Draymond. Was uh, it Reggie I've, Miller or something? Maybe, yeah. Which is just perfect. But he he was averaging against Lake. I guess it was actually only four rebounds a game, but um, but anyway. So yeah, just and then you have Jeff Green, kind of old, who is a reasonable, serviceable big man coming off the bench. Who do the Heat have for size other than Bam? Kevin Love? No, it's it's all they have, which is what I think was part of the reason why the matchup against the Celtics was working so well because for whatever reason, Missoula, not to go back that, <laughs> just did not trust um, uh, Robert Williams? Robert Williams, yeah. Uh, was just not trusting Robert Williams, and so they never really had to figure out that second big. They could occasionally right. throw Kevin Love in there, but what are you going to do? Throw Kevin Love in against Nikola Jokic? Like, right. He's just—they're probably as slow as each other. They probably match each other in 
pace. I, I do think that, because I don't think Love got a lot of minutes in the Celtics series. I think he'll get more in this Denver series just no, because you're right. he's like the only guy other on their roster approaching seven feet, and they're just going to have to have somebody they can throw in front of Jokic occasionally that isn't Bam, just depending on the flow of the game or fouls or just minutes or whatever. So I do think Love's going to get in there. Um, do you know how I old Aaron know. Gordon is? How old he is? Yeah, how old uh, do you think he is? Has he, doesn't he feel like he's been in the league for like a I, while? Like if you unprompted, I would say 30, 31. He's 27. 27. That's he's incredible. 27. Is he younger than Jokic? Yeah, because Jokic is 28. That's insane. Because I was thinking he's been, about he's it. He's been in the league a long time. I was going, Jokic, Jokic is slow. Jeff Green's old. And it, I literally was going through my head. I was like, can Kevin Love match literally speed of play with this group? And I was like, I think he can match Jokic. He can match Jeff Green. I was like, Aaron Gordon's been in the league for like 12 years. He probably can match him. Nope. Aaron Gordon is 27 <laughs> years old. Uh, Not going to hang. Number of seasons played by uh, Aaron Gordon here. Dude. This is his one, two. He was 19 when he joined the Cayman League. Two, three, four, eight five, years. six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. This is year 11 for him. No. No, no, I don't no. know how that math works, but. I don't think. Is you, I think you double counting teams of the trade or something. Oh, yeah. I missed. I double counted a year. Sorry. That was. I'm only one, seeing eight years. Two, three, four, five, six. Seven, hey, this is his eight. ninth. This is ninth. Ninth. Season. This is ninth. Okay. Ninth season. <laughs> You're like 16, 17. Sorry, I, 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 <laughs> when they do like the combined years, there was three. It. There was three lines for 2020, and I just counted all of them. I was like, That's hold hilarious. on, math. This Wait, did he seem? Where did he go? Somewhere from Denver or before Denver from the Magic? No, it just went. Oh, okay. Uh, Orlando total, and oh. then. The split, so it showed like an Orlando line, a Denver line, and a total line for that season. So it just gotcha. showed three lines for that twenty twenty season. Um, let's go through. Off. Let's go through player for player with these two teams and just see okay. skill level, like what works. We'll just go. We're not even go position. We'll just go best players. So Jokic and Jimmy. Okay, those are the two best players. Then we have Caleb Murray Martin and- would like a word. So, and, and here's actually, it's a great, that's a great call out. Cause let's do just based on what we know the teams to be right now. Right. Cause obviously the heat of a bunch of undrafted players that going into the regular season, didn't he average like seven points a game, eight points a game. It was not Martin. a lot. It was yeah. not a lot. Murray and bam. Will we say Michael Porter jr. And Caleb Martin. Like, is that yes. And then I think so. Aaron Gordon and. Who like who is the Heat's fourth best player? I think they're. Oh, they're all tied. It's <laughs> gonna say, I was I was about to say Gabe Vincent's their fourth fourth most important player, but then it's like I don't know. Sometimes it's Duncan Robinson, sometimes it's Max Struess, uh, sometimes it's Kyle Lowry. Right. Uh, I think Kyle Lowry's not not their fourth. No, I, I not, sh- no, I would agree. Like it, it there isn't this because then you go to their their. You know, fifth guy for the Nuggets, which is Catavius Caldwell Pope, which I would take over Struess, Robinson, Vincent, and Lowry. Like I would take Pope over those four guys as a two-way sure. player and as a shooter. I mean, I'm not saying his shooting is better; it's as good as Struess. Struess, I don't know, maybe I don't know what his numbers are, but it's it's just wild. Like, and you could have done this with the Celtics too, and you probably could have gone deep. And that's just the story of the Heat this year which we both listened to Brasillo today and he's talked about for weeks. Like you don't see what the heat are doing and say, that's how to build a roster. You recognize the special run that the heat are on and go, wow, that's amazing. I, this shouldn't be happening, but it is. And then you just, you know, it's, and it's just kept happening all playoffs. Right. So then they go up against the nuggets and yeah, you're picking the nuggets, right? But you also pick the Celtics and you also picked the bucks and you, well, maybe you didn't pick the Knicks. That was probably the most of the coin toss. So I, I'm not saying the Heat have a strong chance here. I just want to call out that we have counted the Heat out every series based on matchup, based on what their regular season looked like, based on who they're bringing in. Can, how is Caleb Martin sustaining this? Can Jimmy Butler still be 
you know, himmy Butler, where he's just him in these big moments and doing his thing. Can these undrafted players keep putting up numbers? They're all staying relatively healthy. Which, by the way, didn't Jimmy Butler roll his ankle really, really bad in one of these games? In round two against the Knicks. And we're just good, I guess. Well, until game six was probably his worst-looking game. He went like three for 16 or something like that. Oh, that's right. He kind of right. lost his legs. But, I mean, I don't know Dude, who knows that, if that's ankle-related or just being old. Do you Were you watching game six live? I think so. The, the white tip-in? Oh, it was insane. Oh my gosh. I could not believe it. In those moments, I wonder about the clock operator. <laughs> you know? Well, did you see the big controversy about that after the game? Was it like 2.5 seconds and they added well, 0.5 when, or something? Well, when Butler, when it, it, it appears fouled. that Horford fouled Butler with 2.7 seconds on the clock. Okay. For whatever reason, when the Celtics went to inbound after free throws, they added 0.3 seconds to the clock. You know, just we so always it went look from at these 2.7. They went from 2.7 to 3. For, and so, so the argument would be, well, Horford also fouled him at 3 seconds. But then the counter argument would be, well, at 3 seconds, Jimmy wasn't shooting. He didn't go up into his shooting motion until 2.7. So if Horford fouled him at 3 seconds, then it was a non-shooting foul. Or it was at at worst, it was a he hadn't was in his shooting motion, so it was probably two free throws. But they gave him three free throws, so that means right. he had to have been fouled on the shooting motion, and he wasn't right. in his shooting motion until like two point seven. Uh. And so there should not, there was no reason logically to put three seconds back on the clock based on what they called. And then the tip in happened with point two seconds left on the. So it's like yeah. that tip in should not have existed, basically, right. based on when the foul occurred. That was the big country. You know, we look at these refs, but these clock operators, we got to look closely at them too. Let's go look at their DraftKings account. Do you know the story, uh, or have you heard the, not even the story, the theory of how John Stockton has like far and away and will forever be the assist leader? Like it's. Is it just like a friendly, like home stat person, basically? Yeah. The guy was giving assists to Stockton that could have, like, I don't know if. That guy was kind of holding the ball for a lot longer than when you passed it to him. And that's the whole story with Stockton. I had these games where the, the people have gone back and reviewed the tape. They're like, these assists would not be counted today. I mean, these right. assists shouldn't have been counted in the 90s. Like, you look at other games and they weren't counted like that. It was by just the like same the home, the home yeah. stat guy was just like Leading super Stockton. nice to, yeah. 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 Which. You don't think about the favorable draws. Yeah, maybe LeBron isn't the leading scorer in the NBA. Are we sure he made all those <laughs> baskets? There's a, there's just a guy being like, you have 20. Did we go back and review those scores? Is that, Gee, is that right? There was a couple goaltendings in there. Let me just toss some four <laughs> points. Just adding goaltends in there. <laughs> Outcomes of games are just changing. Oh, that's the best. Look, I mean, if there was ever a series for them to throw, I mean, how do you feel about this series overall? Just from like a viewer intrigue. Yeah. It's a good question. I, as someone who loves the NBA, um, who was I talking about this with? I was talking about this with Jordan uh, over Memorial Day weekend, and he was like saying, like Denver, Denver Heat. You know, is that like going to be a good series? Like, is that you know fun? He, and he's Jordan's pretty locked in. And I was saying that if all these players were on the Lakers and it was Lakers Heat, because I still think the Heat as a franchise hold a lot of value, especially with them being in the two th- good and like the early 2010s and and with LeBron and all that, if they just were on the Lakers and Jokic was a Laker, the the ratings are going to go up. It's just a bummer that it's literally what the jersey says and the markets that they're in, which is obvious. I understand. But it's this from a basketball standpoint, the series is awesome. If you follow the story of the Heat and you also know how good Jokic is, who probably should have won the third MVP, who was on the number one seed, who has just been doing his thing, I'm very excited for this series, but I wonder if generally just as a fan, like if you tune into the game, I think they're going to be good games, but you may yeah. not because you're watching what feels like not too big markets, but like a, a big mid market. And then the Denver nuggets are, they're probably like one of the larger small market teams. Or is that unfair? Uh, maybe they're a big market team. I don't know where to put yeah, them. I put mid market. 
They're definitely they're, they're they're a firmly mid market team. They're they're not like it's not like they're an OKC or a New Orleans sure. or sure. you know Portland even. Like, I think they've got a bit more of a an appeal just because the national like the Denver as a city has all the teams. Like they're a major sports city. They've got all four yeah, major true. sports teams. Like I think it's a it's a pretty Denver. I apologize. You are firmly a mid market. You are not a small market. I would like so, to. Uh, I think Jokic saves this series. I think having him and being able to draw the storylines around him, and as we all learned with Michael Block, America loves an underdog. So maybe everybody's just gonna be rooting for Miami. Miami is basically the Michael Block of the NBA. Um, just <laughs> short off the tee, but my God, just world class uh, short game. I just want to stay here for a second. How? What is the equivalent in basketball being short off the tee? What is that? Can't shoot threes. Like DeMar DeRozan is like no, the no, Kevin you said Kisner the heat. The, but you, I know, but I'm heat. just saying like we're talking NBA players. Like DeMar DeRozan is like the Kevin Kisner of the NBA. <laughs> just incredible from 130 yards in. Give him, you know, wedge game, putting. Yeah. Dialed. Yeah. But he's going to be 50 yards behind your big hitters. Okay. So I don't know if I love this, but are you saying that Steph is Bryson? No, Steph's Rory. Is Dame Bryson? No, who's like, no, 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 I have it. You know who's Bryson? It's Trey Young. (laughs) Oh, it is Trey Young. (laughs) It is Trey Young. It totally is Trey. So who. we need so to who's do this Brooks? whole podcast. Who's Brooks? Oh, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. Oh, you're 100%. right. 100%. Except, right. I mean, Brooks has won a ton of majors and Jimmy hasn't won the title yet. But just by like pure attitude, like just kind of weird alpha male, it's he's Jimmy Butler. I'm trying to think of LeBron right now. Because it feels like it should be Rory. No, he's just definitely based not Rory. on pedigree. Um,. Not Sergio me. Garcia. I mean, honestly, might be Spieth because around the green, Spieth's a wizard with the wedges, and you put LeBron just like he's just Spieth might be Curry. Down, finish. No, you're just thinking of I the said Roar, Roar, Roar. Roar. You're no, thinking Well, uh, that does thing. help. That does help. And Rory's LeBron. That's hilarious. But yes, the price no, no, sorry, no. is true. Rory is, Rory is Steph. <laughs> you, the, you, you can't. No, no. I need just Rory so the audience Steph. knows. Just so the audience knows. No way, Jesse can put Rory, the second love of his life, ahead of his he kid. Can't be LeBron with he LeBron. LeBron. Objectively, I think he's LeBron. LeBron no, because his range. Rory was the first one that brought the distance game. Really, like he was. He was the well, was, outlier distance game, and so was no. I was no. That was Phil. No, Phil LeBron is Phil. LeBron is Phil. <laughs> I think LeBron is no, because Phil's had dude. Some, what, hell we'll of a there. pedigree. Hell of a pedigree. Yeah, but incredible he's not player. Even, no. Second best player of the last thirty years. LeBron, you know, you either is, love him or hate well, him off the court. This is the most. We're going to do this on a. This pod is this isn't is a fantastic July topic. This is the most that just is going to do for prep on a pod whenever we get here. Get a PGA NBA. Hey, you know comparison. what? MJ's Tiger, and that's all we need to worry about. That's all we need to worry about. That's, that's all we need to worry about. He's won six majors. Whoa. I'm just kidding. He's won like 14, <laughs> 15? 15. So, wrapping up the finals talk before we completely derail this thing. Jack is Bill Russell. I, I think we're gone, folks. The most titles, but we're I, not really sure how valid they are because they happened so long ago. No, no, no. Who's. Um, Who's the guy that has 82 tour, tour wins? Um, Sam Snead. That's Bill. That's, that's Kareem. Because what does Kareem have? Kareem had the most points for a really long time until LeBron just passed him. But you know, a couple titles, lots of points. So basically Sam Snead, all the wins, a couple majors. He's Kareem. Dude, I'm yeah. dialed on these comparisons right now. You are you are crushing it. Sergio Garcia. You got you got one for Sergio Garcia? Manu Ginobili. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I know. I, think you're right. <laughs> I was made for this. I don't even know where this is coming <laughs> from. Justin Thomas, who do you got for JT? 
Paul Jason George. Tatum. Oh, Paul George is a good one. Same player, Paul George. This is hilarious. We've unlocked <laughs> a special skill for Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Send it here before I trip on the back nine like I did well, on my Sunday. Round. We we are going to be talking about this this series because it's all we have. We won't touch Stanley Cup Finals, even though we would like to acknowledge they are happening. And we aren't talking we aren't talking hockey until Connor Bedard's officially on the Blackhawks, and then we are all in on hockey. Which it is the Florida teams, which is fun. Miami and the Panthers, like Florida. Yeah, that's you're true. having a fun time right and, now. You know, Vegas and Denver, kind of close too. Uh, okay. Mountain, <laughs> mountain time. Mountain time versus, you know, Florida time. Ooh, wow. Mountain time. All right, Jens, let's wrap this. Predictions for the series. Who are you taking? How many games? I think we love the heat, and but it, it doesn't get to six. I think that they win one game somewhere, but the Nuggets are winning at home in five. I'm going to do what you couldn't do, Jens. Nuggets in four. Oh, my god, It's over. It's over, which just means I got to figure out my fantasy team. Got to submit my keepers. We got to talk Same. about that, dude. I didn't. I didn't get rid of Tyler Hero last year. Cody offered me a second rounder for him because, but now I can't keep Tyler Hero. It's so annoying. That's tough. <sighs> All right, folks. I think that's it for us. We're starting to complain about our fantasy basketball teams, which is officially. Time to end the pod. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we will be checking back in with you throughout the finals. Uh, hopefully, look, I would love the Heat to make it a series. I hope, like, I'd love for it to go seven. Let's go. That'd be a blast. Let's see a fight. But I kind of think they're going to run into the buzzsaw that is the Denver offense, and it's just not going to, they're not going to have the Heat to keep up. Uh, so we'll talk to you all soon. Keep and, Joe uh, Missoula. <laughs> Joe Missoula for president. See you all next week. <laughs>